wonderful church. It's such an honor to be here. How good was the worship today? Oh, man. That guy can sing. Where is he? I don't know where he is. But, uh, yeah, I want you to come in my home and just lead some worship with my family every Friday night. It'll be good for us. How good is that song? I just want to speak the name of Jesus. Oh, that's what we want for these kids. Just the name of Jesus over them and over them and over them. What breaks poverty? The name of Jesus. He broke it on the cross. So I'm Steve. I'm from Compassion. It's such an honor to be here. Thank you so much for opening your church to us. Very special day for us at Compassion, and I'll share why. But first of all, I want to honor you. Today, we want to build on the relationship we have with Geraldton Baptist. I think this is like the fourth time we've been here at your church. And this is a relationship that is more powerful than poverty, this relationship we have with you, because Jesus is more powerful than poverty. He broke it on the cross, and he breaks it in kids' lives, and his name is the name that breaks every kind of poverty there is. Now, I want to let you guys know how many kids you're sponsoring. Here's the number. It's a huge number. 26 children. Come on. You guys are sponsoring 26 kids with compassion. What a church this is. You talked about having an impact in Geraldton. Yes, and the nations. I truly honor you for this. This is the great, the great commission. We have been commissioned by Jesus himself to go and make disciples of all nations. And I honor you for doing that. So good. In the last 12 months, there's been over 50 letters sent between you and these precious children. I encourage you, don't hold back on the letter writing. Give them the gospel. Tell them you love them. Tell them you're praying for them. What God's pouring into this church. Pour it into these kids. Every child that's sponsored is connected to a local gospel-focused church who is discipling them. You are with them on that journey. Go on that journey. Disciple them. Love them. Yes, tell them about your dog. Tell them about the windy, windy beaches at Geraldton. Tell them all about it. But tell them about Jesus over and over again. Speak the name of Jesus over their lives. So I'm so excited. Here's why it's a special day for us at Compassion. Because today, six churches across Geraldton are all having Compassion Sundays on the same day. How special is that? The church in Geraldton is one church. But not only that, we are all sponsoring kids from the same region overseas. And that is in a place in Indonesia, just to the north, Sarakata. How wonderful that the church in one city would serve the church in another city for one precious child. That the church has six churches today. And those churches, there are probably about 20 that we work with in, in Sarakata coming together just to serve a child. Is this not the gospel? Is this not what Christ has called us to? I love this. And also, just, just so you know, we, we can't, as we're working with Geraldton like this, we're working with all of WA to really focus on, uh, on Kenya. So if you have a half of Africa, talk to me about that. So let me tell you about a little bit about Sarakata, Indonesia. In Indonesia, there's approximately 40 million people living on less than $1.25 a day. What does that mean for a child? What does that mean for a child? $1.25 a day. What does that mean for a family when that's what they're earning? It means they have to choose between food and a doctor. You go to the doctor, there's no food. You probably can't afford to go to the doctor. That's what it means for a child. The population of, of Indonesia is 87% Muslim. It needs the gospel. It needs the name of Jesus. 
We need to speak the name of Jesus. And we're so close to that. I think it's the biggest Muslim nation in the world. We're so close. We, that, we're going to need to go in there and serve the gospel coming forth in that nation. In fact, Sarah Carter, this area is, is a very strong Muslim region, probably over 90% Muslim. And Sarah Carter, it's known for raising up radical Islamists. But today... We want to raise up radical young Christians in that land as we see them sponsored and discipled into all God's called them to be. Let me tell you about what poverty looks like in Indonesia. 7% of children across the whole nation are caught up in child labor. 7% are doing child labor. That's their life. Over 736,000 people are enslaved in Indonesia. Do you know what slavery looks like? It's not just labor. For a lot of people, it's sexual abuse. That's what, that's what their, their slavery looks like. It's children growing up in that. The World Bank estimates that because of COVID, another 100 million people are going to be pushed into poverty. And a lot of that has actually gone through Indonesia. COVID, is, the lockdowns have just really affected Indonesia. I want to show you this, this beautiful video, and uh, this is from our Indonesia update, just showing about what COVID's doing, but at the end they say thank you, and I want you to think wherever you're sponsoring kids from, thank you, I honor you, thank you from these kids on behalf of all those beautiful 26 children you're sponsoring. Greetings, friends, sponsors, donors. Thank you for being the partners in compassion, especially in Indonesia. Praise the Lord, we serve more than 700 church partners. God entrusted us more than 160,000 children and youth together across Indonesia. When we see the children and the youth in Indonesia through this pandemic, there's a few things that they struggle. One, for sure, they cannot go to the projects. And second is that they have to study from home. A lot of their parents, they lost their job or maybe they lost their incomes. So the stress level is become higher in the house and it creates increasing of the child abuse. Released with the COVID, we have three focus areas. First is health. We ensuring all the children will able to get food for them and also their families. Also get trained on how to do COVID protocols, wash hands. We do not want the family become totally dependent to the food packages. So we provide the trainings and also the seats for that to supplement that, so that it provides them the uh, ability to learn to service themselves by growing vegetables, other kind of fruits in the surrounding of their houses. And the second is related with the child protections. Our mentor, our tutor, the pastor makes sure that we do a parental monitoring, what happened with the children, with the youth, pray for them and make sure there's no abnormality in their behavior. We make sure that we address it immediately. They provide virtual interventions. Indonesia just has Cyclone Saroja here. So what Compassion Indonesia done in that area is provide a food package, counseling for the children. Also, we plan to build 440 houses for our beneficiaries in the next couple of months. You as sponsor and donor, 
play a very huge and strategic role in compassion ministry, especially in Indonesia. From the bottom of my heart, I would like to thank you for all the things that you have done for our children in Indonesia. Thank you. Terima kasih untuk dukungannya. Kami anak-anak Indonesia berdoa untukmu. Bersyukur untukmu. Semangat! Yes, you beautiful church. Come on, 26 kids are on you and I thank you. Imagine them going through the pandemic, the isolation. It's so hard for their parents normally to get work, but now it's even harder. And your beautiful church is loving 26 children during the pandemic. These kids are getting food, health care, counseling, whatever they need. The local church has been mobilized to serve these children in the slums because of your love. And so I, I just encourage you to keep on loving on these kids. When a child's sponsored, they get all their health care covered, nutritious food. They get education. They can come to the local church after school and get all the tutoring, help their homework because their parents probably can't read or write. So they come to the local church and get all their tutoring. Not only that, every kid in the Compassion Program gets discipleship. They get their own mentor to disciple them. Now, I was just at a beautiful church this morning down the road and Chelsea came up to me and said, we send our kids down to the Baptist church and they help disciple our kids. I love that. But do you know who else you're helping disciple? 26 precious kids during COVID. Also, you're helping disciple. And now what we're saying is, just as you're working with Lighthouse to disciple their kids and your kids together, now we're going to work with the church in Suricata to help them disciple the kids in the slums together. How do we reach the next generation? Let's disciple them together. Let's go together as one church in Christ and lay everything down for the kids in the next generation and bring them up in Christ. Our hope is that we can serve the children and the churches in Suricata that 20 years from now that, that land would be different because of our love in Christ. Let's pray for the word I'm going to share. Father, thank you for these beautiful children, these 26, and the more that will be sponsored today. Father, just... Father, who's going to be broken for these kids in poverty? Who's going to be broken for these kids in slums? Father, we'll be broken. We'll be broken. You can break us. You can love through us for these kids. You can use us. Love through us. Love through us for the kids in Geraldton. Love through your church for the kids in Geraldton. Love through us for the kids in Suricata. Love through us. Father, as we read these words, this, this prayer of Jesus Answer this prayer in the church in Geraldton, I pray, and in the church in Suricata. In Jesus' name, amen. Guys, I've been reading through John uh, this last month, and I've just been stuck in 13 to 17. I go backwards and forwards. I can't get through to, to 20 and 21. It's just so rich. And I, and I want to share what kind of has been on my heart from John 17. Now, the end of jo John 17, is this, the chapter is a high priestly prayer, it's called. And uh, Jesus prays at the end of John 17. He stops praying for his disciples. And guess who he starts praying for? He starts praying for us. Jesus actually prays for us. Those who will come after his disciples, who will know him. He starts praying for us. And so I know that the Father wants to answer this prayer because Jesus prayed it. And I know the Holy Spirit wants to outwork it because Jesus prayed it. And in verse 22, I'm going to go into the, the whole prayer, but verse 22, this is what's been sticking in my heart. It says this, of John 17, the glory that you have given me, this is Jesus praying, I have given to them that they may be one even as we are one. This is Jesus praying to the Father. 
And he has this glorious oneness with the Father. It's the Father. It's the Son. It's the Spirit of God. It's this oneness that is unending. It's been going from past eternals for eternity. It's this beautiful, glorious, unending, uninhibited, vulnerable, beautiful, glorious oneness. And then Jesus prays. He dares to pray this to the Father. I pray that they would have this oneness that we have. I want this oneness for my marriage. I want this oneness for my family. I want this oneness for my local church, Red Door Church. I want this oneness for the church in Western Australia, my church. I want this oneness for the church in the globe. It's the church in Sarakata, the church in Geraldton, that we would have the same oneness that the Father and Son have. What does it look like for you in your place of study or your workplace to have this oneness with the other Christians? Those others who are in Christ, for the pastors in this region to be one in Christ together. Jesus wants to answer this prayer, I believe, in this season. So Jesus actually prays this prayer the night before he is crucified. So let, you, let me give you the context of this, this night before he is crucified. It starts with Jesus desiring to eat the Passover, what we call communion with his disciples before he's crucified. And the meal is prepared in the upper room. And, and Jesus sits down with his disciples. Now remember, he's about to pray this amazing prayer of oneness. And look what starts happening. And so if you think about the church and the bickering that goes inside, Jesus still wants to answer this prayer because he even prayed it on a night when all this happened. Jesus sits down. It's a precious moment with his disciples and they start to argue about who is the greatest. They totally miss the moment. Jesus wants to pray about oneness. He wants to break the bread because he's broken for them and they start to bicker. Who is the greatest? And then Jesus goes down and washes the disciples' feet. What beautiful illustration about how he's about to lay down his life for us to bring us into this oneness, but also how we are supposed to serve each other in this oneness. Judas has it in his heart now to betray Jesus, and he's soon going to leave. Jesus blesses the bread and he gives thanks for the wine and they start to celebrate. And this is symbolic of also Jesus giving his life, just as the, the washing of the feet was symbolic of his giving his life. Now he's breaking the bread. This is symbolic of him giving his life. And, and this is what God has called us to do for each other in this oneness. Now he brings his final message and it's known as, the final, it's known as his final discourse from John 13 to John 17. It's all this night before. And the message starts with this. It's called the new commandment. And we've heard of the great commandment, like love God with all your heart, mind, strength and soul. Like, wow, that's great. I, I will love you with all I am. But Jesus takes it to the next level. Not just love you with all I am. He says, to love each other as Christ has loved us. Now he wants us to love each other with his love through us. That he would love through us to each other. Or, what a challenge. 
And so after he presents this, this new commandment, he starts unfolding the work of the Holy Spirit and he comes to the prayer. And after he finishes praying for his disciples, he leaves and go to, goes to Gethsemane and he prays for the Father, before the Father about the cross. And just in his time of need, in Jesus' great time of need, what do the disciples do? They fall asleep. What happens next is just when Jesus is talking about this great oneness of loving and serving each other and praying it, Judas comes in and betrays Jesus with a kiss. And then the disciples abandon Jesus. And then Peter denies Jesus three times and Jesus is crucified. In the midst of Jesus experiencing from his disciples betrayal, Denial, arrogance, a lack of care in time of need, the ways of the world. He delivers this most powerful prayer that unlocks this glorious love that he wants us to carry in the world. And I know that we have all experienced these things in the church, in our marriages, in our families. But in the middle of that, Jesus wants us to wash the feet of those around us, to love and to lay down our lives, to be one in Christ as the Father and Son are one. This is the glorious love that will disciple the nations. A love that carries His glory, that will transform cities and streets, that as we would experience as we were experiencing this denial and this arrogance and this lack of care in our time of need, that in this moment, as those around us would do this to us, that if we could respond and wash their feet and pray for them as Jesus did and lay down our lives for them, I believe the world will see Christ in that and go, wow, I want to be part of that. Let me now read this prayer to you. And as, you, as I read it, I want us to believe that the Father wants to answer this prayer in this day. In Geraldton and in Sericata. John 17. I do not ask for these only, that was the disciples, but also those who will believe in me through their word. That's us. That they may be one. Just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. This oneness shows the gospel. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them that they may be one even as we are one. Wow. And I in them and you in me that they may become perfectly one so the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you love me. Father, I desire that they also, whom you have given me, may be with me where I am to see my glory that you have given me because you love me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, even though the world does not know you, I know you and these know that you sent me and I have made known to them your name and I will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me, may be in them 
and I in them. Father, we pray, answer this prayer. In our, in our season, in the church in Geraldton, in the church in WA, in church across Indonesia and Australia, answer this prayer that the world will see that we are his disciples. Jesus goes from this prayer to Gethsemane and from Gethsemane to the cross, from the cross to his death and his death, then the resurrection and the ascension and the spirit ascends. It is in the death, resurrection and ascension that this prayer is answered so that we in Christ can have this, wa- this love and oneness of the glorious Trinity. In fact, it's in the death of Christ, in the death of Christ, that our old self is crucified. Our hostility is broken at the cross. The hostility between our church and the church down the road, between our culture and that culture, it's broken on the cross. And then, Jesus rose, and when Jesus rose, it's in his resurrection that we are created in Christ to love each other, that he made us one to love each other. We don't have to strive into this oneness. This is something we were given in Christ that we can rest into and believe in and love from. And then Jesus ascends, but as he ascended, we come into that glorious oneness in Christ. So now I stand before my beloved Father, seated in Christ, the Holy Spirit revealing the Father's heart to me for children. The Spirit of God revealing my heart to the Father. Because I'm in Christ, I have right standing with the Father, but I'm not here alone. Next to me is Craig. Next to me is the church down the road. Next to me is a church in Sarakata. We stand with our beloved father as his beloved, as beloved brothers and sisters in Christ because of the ascension of Christ. He has poured us into his oneness. We're united in his death, in his resurrection, as ascension, and he pours out his spirit, and our spirit is inside us so the spirit of God can build a what can outwork this oneness in us. We are in Christ together. And together in Christ, we are unstoppable. The same glorious oneness that the Trinity enjoy, we are in. And we can love each other from here. It's one thing to try and love you from my own energy, from my own soul, strength, all I am. It's another thing to rest into Christ and let the Spirit of God love through me to you. That's a completely different love. My effort, my religion, my effort, it's just God, it's not going to work, guys. You're going to get upset with me and I'm going to get upset with you. But to be in Christ and His sacrificial love to come through me, it's the only way I'm going to wash your feet. That guy ain't going to wash your feet, but Christ in us, we can come to a child in poverty and wash their feet. And I honor you for how you were doing that. The Trinity has given us their love so we can love each other, so we can enjoy their oneness in its full together. And the world, Geraldton, Sericata, is desperate to see the love of the Trinity. And the only way they'll see it is when we love each other in Christ. When they see the love in the church, they see that glorious love, they will see his goodness. They will see his glory. Anyone here been to Tasmania? Tassie? 
How beautiful is Tassie, right? Forget Melbourne. Everyone talks about, let's go to Melbourne. I want to go to Tassie. So we were going to Melbourne for uh, something for my wife's graduation. And so we thought, let's go to Tassie first. And, and so we go to Tassie. And I, I wrote down like my top 10 places I wanted to go to in Tassie. And number one on the list was Wineglass Bay. It's like this little mountain you climb up and then you can see the, these hills coming out of the water and it's like where they used, whales used to come in. And Anyway, it would go blood and then it was called Red and Wine. Anyway, it was my number one because I looked at all like the places and organised this tour for me, my wife and my three-year-old son. And my dad said to me, Steve, you can't go to Wineglass Bay. It's too much for Pete, the three-year-old, to climb the mountain. Like, you can't get take him up there. And I was like, oh, Dad, it's number one on the list. And I told Rosie, and Rosie's like, Steve, if he gets tired... You're carrying him up there. And I'm like, Rosie, it's number one on the list. We've got to do this. <laughs> got to buy the top ten list. So we start at the bottom of Wineglass Bay. And it's like me, Rosie, and Pete. we got two more kids since then, Lily and Charlotte. But Pete was like three. And we're setting off, right? We've got a little backpack. And then this walking group come behind us. And they've got like aluminium walking sticks. They're wearing active wear. Do you guys know what active wear is? I'm from Serpentine. We live on a farm. We don't wear active wear. We wear flannelette. And so they've got these like real metro people doing little aluminium walking glasses and aluminium drink bottles. And, and they're all going off and it's like 12 and they walk past us. And like, oh, I'm going to have to really encourage Pete. So I'm like, Pete, wouldn't it be amazing if you climbed the mountain all by yourself? Like if daddy didn't even carry you once, he's like... Yes, Daddy, that would be amazing. I'd be like, you could tell Grandma and Granddad. He's like, yes, Daddy. I'm like, Pete, you little mountain crusher. You're going to crush this mountain today. And he's like, I'm going to crush this mountain. I'm a mountain crusher. I'm like, you little mountain crusher, I ain't going to carry you once. I mean, yes, you're a mountain crusher. And we get halfway up the mountain. I'm like, Pete, look at the view. You little mountain crusher. And he like, looks at the view and it's epic. And we keep climbing up. I'm like encouraging Pete, you little mountain crusher. You're going to crush this mountain. You're going to tell grandma and granddad. It's going to be a story. You're making a story right now, my little boy. I'm so proud of you. And I'm encouraging him up the hill. And then we get to the top and we just catch up to that walking group. And they turn around and they see little Pete coming. And they get their walking sticks like this. And they make like an archway for Pete. And as he's walking through, they start clapping him. And they're clapping Pete, and he walks through the little archway. He's three. He's got, like, curly blonde hair, like little Frodo. And there's a little cave on the side. And I felt like, feet through the rig into the cave, my boy. But I didn't say it. And then he walks through, and then the view at the top was incredible. Like, oh, Pete, you earned this view. And now I call him my little mountain crusher. There are children in Geraldton who have mountains of poverty in front of them. There are children in Sericata who are surrounded by mountains. Never heard the gospel. No clean water. Can't go to the doctor if I'm sick. Can't pay my school fees. Don't know, the, don't know anyone who's a Christian. Just surrounded by poverty. And then the church comes along. And we surround this child with our love. And we walk beside this child in Christ, the church in Geraldton, the church in Sericata. And we speak the name of Jesus over them. We speak the name of Jesus. We speak the name of Jesus. We speak the name of Jesus. Your little mountain crush, you're going to conquer this mountain. And he gives them the faith 
from the Father. He gives them the faith so they can move mountains from into the sea. This is what us journeying as a church together can do. How do you reach young people who are leaving the church across Australia? We come together as one beloved family in Christ and we lay down our lives for these kids. And we lay down our lives. I just love seeing so many kids in this church this morning. And I was just thinking like, oh, these precious kids. Like these are the kids. It's the same. Like if they were the kids in Sarah we would just love on them. If they were our kids. And I just honor you for how much love you're giving. But uh, just as I journeyed with Pete, as we can be in this love and bring these children into this glorious love that we have as Christ flowing through us. I tell you, there is a grace in that love that they can journey through and crush mountains that they were never meant to crush as three-year-olds and five-year-olds and seven-year-olds, mountains that were too big, but when the church comes around them, in Christ, we are unstoppable. I love this verse in Malachi because it talks about this unity, but it's a unity that's not just the church in Geraldton or and the church in, in Syracuse. It's its generational unity. Behold, Malachi 4, this 5. This is the last two verses of the whole Old Testament. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet for the great and awesome day the Lord comes. And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the land with a decree of utter destruction. Where children are not loved, the future is destruction. The future is a slum. Poverty is cyclical. It's like, why are they in poverty? Because their great-grandparents were in poverty. Poverty, and guess what? Their great-grandkids are going to be in poverty. It's just destruction. But where children are loved... The future is transformation. And this is the story of compassion. We come to a local gospel-focused church in a slum. They start serving these kids. And 20, 30 years from now, these kids are the ones that are transforming the slum. The father's heart is turned to us. And now he's saying the same oneness the father has for the son. That the fathers, we would have that for the children that the mothers would have that for the children. I tell you this, is there anything better to give your whole life for than for children in poverty? There is nothing greater because it changes the land. It changes the future. Geraldton will never be the same because you are discipling those kids with Lighthouse together. Syracuse will never be the same because today six churches in Geraldton are all having Compassion Sundays on the same weekend and sponsoring kids from the same region. Syracuse will never be the same. What would it look like for the church in Australia to completely turn their hearts to the children in Australia and see this land transformed? I tell you this, if we are asking our children and our young people just to come and, and try and be discipled, it's not enough. But who will say to our young people, come and disciple with us. Come and transform the community with us. Come. God wants to use you to change this land. There will be an energy in them as we call them into the fullness in Christ. Let me share a little, share a little story. This is Super Kenya. Uh, my family sponsored this girl. 
She's a little one in the pink dress. And before we came into Geraldton, we've just been doing this in Perth. This is something that hasn't happened over Australia, just getting a region to support a region overseas because there's actually great unity in WA. It's probably one of the most places in the world where there's unity. So we're doing this great unity project of churches serving churches. We really want to break this open in, in our nation. And now uh, over Easter started copying what's happening in WA. But we did this region. We took some, uh, you see a couple of pastors in that picture, but we went to, we got, uh, there's now t- about 20, 25 churches in Melville, Coburn, Fremantle, all sponsoring these kids, uh, these Karen kids. And we took these pastors there to see the work that they're sponsoring and, and lovely time there. But I want to share the story of Super Kanya and the church. The pastor came to this region uh, where Super Kanya is. And before there were this village when he came to years ago, they would drive any Christians out. No Christians allowed in this village. But he's a bold man. So he stuck around, he planted a church and started sharing the gospel, but no one was interested. He started running the compassion program and serving the kids in the community. And then when you start serving, suddenly you can start discipling. Nine of the kids in the compassion program led their own families to Jesus in this village. 100 of the 120 families in that village are now Christian. He planted five more churches in this area they now have 670 kids in the program across these, these five churches. 95% of these kids are now Christian. He's been taking the kids in our program. So all the kids from 12 to 20 in our program, uh, we do the program changes for, uh, to we teach them to start discipling younger kids and we do what we call tra- transformational leadership training. So we do it with all the kids that you're sponsoring at the moment. They're all, once they're 12 to 20, they do a transformational leadership training. We train them how they can be agents of change in the community, how they can share the gospel with their families, they come into Christ, and, and we train them in this. So he started sending these kids 40 at a time to an area to the north, an unreached region, an OPM farming region, right? So it's three hours to the north, and he's sending these kids from 12 to 20 in the Compassion Program, 40 at a time on these mission trips. They go in there, and he was, when I met him, he was doing a 20-day fast. He'd done a 40-day fast, just praying for this region to the north. The church prays every night. They get out there, and they get a fire. They get a guitar out. They just sing songs, you know, like you're singing. Just like, just God moves, and they just pray, 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 pray. And they go to this region. In 2019, I went to this region and um, visited because this area three hours to the north where they'd been sending these mission trips, they wanted to plant a church. And they, they wanted to put a boarding school on there, sorry, boarding lodge for the kids to be able to study. So this is an unreached region, opium farming. Uh, my local church, Red Door, gave $30,000 to help plant this church and set it up with the Compassion Program. So 2020, it's operational. These kids are coming in, unreached region. My friend who works for Compassion, who goes and checks on the churches and makes sure they're all, um, every dollar spent is a receipt for and keeping accountable for it, keeping the church accountable, and, but also a great man of love, great man of God, and like an uncle to the kids, he messaged me and he said, Steve, this church plant to the north, three hours to the north, this unreached opium farming region, and the cycle of poverty there is opium farming. So the kids are going to be opium farming 30, 40 years from now unless the kingdom of God comes in. And what's the cycle of kingdom of God? It's a legacy. Everything in the kingdom is legacy. Everything in the kingdom is family. It's like breaking through family, family, Christ, more, more of God, more of God. He said this to me, 25 of these kids in the compassion program have already led their own families to Jesus. This is how you change your region. 
You come to an opium farming region and you start to serve the kids. You start to disciple them and you take them out of poverty and you bring them into the kingdom of God and you share the gospel. You speak the name of Jesus over these kids. We speak the name of Jesus. We speak the name of Jesus. You little mountain crushes. And this, this actual church we planted is on the top of a mountain. The view is ridiculous. And you tell them you're going to crush mountains and 20 or five of these kids are crushing mountains. But I tell you, we're going to see the whole region transformed because I know that he's already done that. Pastor's already done it. He's raised up the kids and it's transformed that area. And now it's the next region. And what's it going to look? It's going to be another region. I love it. At Christmas time, what they do, they get, they all get in the car and they go to little Karen towns where there's no Christians. They just sing the carols to them and share the gospel. I was at a church on Java where Suricata is. And it was a church surrounded by five mosques. And I was in the church, took some pastors there from Perth. And there was like 250 kids with their hands on their hearts, just worshipping Jesus in the middle of the slum. Just where radical Islam is so strong. The pastor told me that him and his son, who run the Compassion Program in their church, him and his son had been taken hostage by the Muslims. And the bullets get spread in the church. He doesn't care. That actual church has planted 60 churches. They just want to just love, 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 love. God is moving. Let me share the story of Michelle. The final story of Michelle. And then I'll finish, guys. This is Michelle. And talking about the cycle of poverty, her parents said this to her when she was young. They said, you're ugly. You're going to be a thief. You're going to be a drug addict. Or you're going to be a prostitute. That's what they know. That's what you do in poverty. That's what you're going to become. And that's what her parents told her. Because that's the cycle of poverty. And then... That's what was, who knows what was told to these kids that you're sponsoring. But then she, her uncle said, hey, get, told her about the local church and the compassion program being ran and she got sponsored. She started getting told by her sponsor that she was beautiful and that she was loved. She went through the compassion program. She went through our transformational leadership training. She's actually one of the first ones to go through it. And then I said, Michelle, what do you do now? And she looked at me and she said, Steve... I get girls off the streets who are in prostitution and I disciple them and I get, get them to their own businesses. I said, Michelle, that's amazing. Your parents said you'd be a prostitute. Now you're getting girls out of prostitution. I said, how many have you got in the program? And she bent her head down ashamed. And she said, only 115. I said, what? You've really, like, you're 115 girls out of prostitution. And she looked at me and she said this. She said, in my city... Is a hundred thousand? Is a hundred thousand girls in prostitution? Who's going to stand in the brokenness of the father for these girls and say, "Not on my watch! I'll stand in your heart, Father. I'll love one child. In fact, I'll love ten. She puts a radio station on in the slum. She gets the local pastors' kids. They they, they share the gospel. A hundred thousand kids listen to this radio station every week on Saturday mornings and hear the gospel." Because someone sponsored Michelle and said, you will not be a thief, a drug addict, or a prostitute. You will transform cities. I will turn my heart to you, and the future of this land will not be desolate. It will be the establishment of the kingdom of God. And sometimes it takes 100 years to establish the kingdom of God in a region. But it's worth giving our life for this. And I honor you for your role in this. And so I ask you boldly, if you want to sponsor one of these precious children, come over to the stand with us. You will show you how to do it. 
you, some of you might want to sponsor a few children. Go for it. We honor you. Go for it. Just love on these kids. We'll tell you how you can let it right. We'd love when COVID's finished to do like a trip. Geraldton churches, got a Sericata together, just getting broken in the Father together, loving these kids, walking through the slums, meeting these kids, coming back never the same. What would that mean for your young people? Just let them see it. Also, we have um, a couple of other projects there. If you're like, oh, Steve, sponsorship's not my thing, or maybe you're a business owner or something, we've got a couple of projects with some kids there who we want to get for a university, and we need some extra funds. If you want to help with those, we'd love to hear from you. We want any kid that gets to university, Bible college, whatever, TAFE, the equivalent, we just want to help them get through. <sighs> Guys, oh, together in Christ, we are unstoppable. It's all over for the enemy when we are in Christ together. I know there's bickering and betrayal in the church. But in the midst of that at us, we laid in our lives that we can, we can have in Christ's love, the glorious Trinity's love amongst us and journey with children in this love together that they can come into all they were made to be. Let me close in prayer. Father, we pray for these 26 children that are sponsored through this beautiful church. What fruitfulness of the kingdom. Father, whatever mountains are around these children right now, we pray in Jesus' name. We speak the name of Jesus over these kids. Jesus loves them. Jesus saves. Jesus is Lord. Jesus brings freedom. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Let them know this. We pray poverty would be broken and these kids would become agents of change that change poverty. We pray their families to be saved. We pray your blessing on the churches. And now, as we turn our hearts to Sarah Carter, as a church in Geraldton comes together today and, 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 and sponsors kids in Sarah Carter, I pray that as we sow into Sarah Carter, that you would sow, sow into this land of Geraldton that we would reap a local harvest of kids knowing Christ. Father, may we learn from the church in Sarakata how they are serving, and may we serve them too, that Christ would be glorified amongst us, that from him and through him and to him would be all things, that to Christ would be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. I'll leave with that, guys. Thanks for having us.